This is your host, Victoria, and in today's episode, we are talking all about conflict, more specifically being conflict avoidant, what it means, and what we can do, think about, reflect on, and implement in order to leave this potentially self-sabotaging habit behind. As usual, I would love to know where in the world you are, what you're up to as you listen to this episode, so take a quick picture, send it over to me on Instagram, or tag me over on Instagram, or simply send me a message to let me know what you're up to. I had so many of you reach out last week sharing what you've been cooking while you listen to the episode, or what you've been up to, or your thoughts, or your reflections, and I love feeling like I'm right there beside you as you listen to this episode, so please, please, please don't be shy, reach out. I love hearing all about it. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to the Victoria Sardane Podcast, where you'll discover actionable tools, tips, and tricks, as well as inspiring conversations to support you to change your own reality. We all have immense personal power within us. We all have the ability to be the person we look up to the most and take charge of our lives and our future. Sometimes we just need a little insight, a little change of perspective, and a friendly nudge to take the step. Are you ready? Hi guys, happy to be back here on another Monday morning, a new week with a new episode as usual and this week we are speaking all about being conflict avoidant. This came up in a few of my coaching sessions recently and I found myself in a bit of a personal reflection about this as well and I thought that I would share some of my thoughts, some of my learnings, some of my reflections on this topic that will hopefully help some of you as well. So given the title of this podcast episode, I'm going to assume that many of you who are listening to this right now tend to be conflict avoidant, meaning you tend to avoid conflict at all costs. Now, the tendency to be conflict avoidant is very related to the personality trait of agreeableness. So those who score high on agreeableness, since agreeableness is on a scale, those who score high tend to be those who dislike conflict. So, agreeableness is a personality trait part of the big five personality framework. It's a framework that I use with my clients, that we go through together, that I've personally studied, that I've implemented in my own life, and I might be doing some podcast episodes on this coming up. However, I thought I would just point this out that it is actually related to a personality trait. So, when we speak about personality traits, it means that it's something that is somewhat innately built into us. Now, whether it's innately built into us through DNA, through our genes, something that's really hardwired into us, or something that develops over time, that is up for debate. However, it tends to be something that is within us to some extent. Now, that doesn't mean that it's not something that we can change. But it does mean that if you have the tendency to be very high on agreeableness and therefore very much disliked conflict, you will probably find it more sticky and find more resistance in actually shifting away from this rather than to be even more agreeable, for example, or to avoid conflict even more. Those are things that will come easier to you than the opposite. So once again, it doesn't mean that it's not something that can ever change, but it means that it will probably require more effort 
and you will feel more resistance as you actually create that change and engage in situations where perhaps you are facing conflict head first instead of avoiding it. So when it comes to being conflict avoidant, I'm speaking a lot from personal experience because personally this is something that I was very much. I would avoid conflict at all costs. I spoke more in depth about this in a previous podcast episode which is called the patterns that I've overcome and patterns that I'm overcoming where I shared certain patterns that I've completely overcome and those that are still challenging me. And within the patterns that I've actually completely overcome, I shared this element of being conflict avoidant because in the past I was definitely 100% conflict avoidant and now I would say that it's actually something I've really been able to move away from. It doesn't mean that it's easier for me to face conflict than it is to avoid it. It's probably still the opposite. I probably would feel more comfortable, more at ease avoiding conflict, but I've been able to reverse the habit I've been able to really teach myself to actually turn facing conflict headfirst as actually something that's more habitual. So it's not easier, I still feel more resistance, it still feels stickier, it still feels uncomfortable, but I've been able to anchor it so deeply that it almost becomes not even an option to avoid it in those circumstances. So I wanted to share with you some of the realizations, lessons that I've learned that will hopefully help those of you who find yourselves avoiding conflict. Before I do that, I just wanted to touch on why make this episode all together, right? Why shouldn't we avoid conflict? So for those of us who do find ourselves very conflict avoidant, of course, there's many reasons why. This is something that was probably the first step for me in actually overcoming this habit is to connect with the why of why I was even doing it. And for me, it was really just about conflict making me uncomfortable and probably being rooted to wanting people to like me and probably related to a certain identity that I wanted to uphold. So although these are positive things, right? Wanting others to like us, wanting to be perceived a certain way, we can see it as something that's somewhat positive to a certain extent, those of us who are conflict avoidant will know that being constantly conflict avoidant can very quickly turn sour and can very easily turn around and bite us in the ass. And the reason this happens is because a lot of the time we might avoid conflict in the moment. However, avoiding it in the moment is actually not making it go away at all. It's simply deferring it for later. And that later conflict accumulates over time. And so that's something that I'm really going to be going through with you in terms of the biggest lessons that I learned regarding conflict. However, this is what I really wanted to make clear is that actually avoiding conflict is doing nothing but putting our future self into a stickier situation. So back to this first point of what I really had to connect to in order to overcome this pattern, this first point was understanding the why. And when I understood that it was really in order to make people like me, really in order to have a certain identity as being somebody who's maybe reliable or somebody who's really nice or somebody who's quite giving, that was really something that I wanted to hold on to. And therefore, if ever there was a conflict, something I didn't want to do, something tricky that I had to confront another person with, plans that I was going to cancel, I would really just try to avoid it as much as possible. And the big realization there for me was realizing that actually 
Avoiding the conflict was getting me further away from the reason why I was avoiding it in the first place. So this is something that I love to do with my clients. I call this flipping the switch. It's really about flipping a situation on its head, understanding why are you doing it, and then asking yourself the question, in what way is me doing this actually getting me further away from the reason I'm doing it in the first place? So let me elaborate this with an example. I used to avoid conflict at all cost because I wanted other people to like me. So this might be the same for you. You might find a root cause which is similar. Most root causes are probably along those lines. Maybe it's wanting to avoid rejection. Maybe it's wanting to be accepted by the group. Whatever it might be, the core reason why you avoid conflict is probably something along those lines. And by taking this method of flipping the switch, the question I would ask you is in what way does avoiding conflict actually make people like you less? So if the goal is to make people like you, in what way is this the wrong strategy? And this strategy is actually getting you further towards what you're trying to get away from. And for me, it became incredibly clear within a specific example. I shared this example in that previous podcast episode that I spoke about. I will link that podcast episode in the show notes below. But just to touch on that example again briefly, I was in a situation where I was doing what I had always done, which was say yes to something, avoid the reality that I was actually going to bail on whatever it is that I had committed to, and I was going to say no last minute. And I was probably going to wait until the absolute last minute to say no because I didn't want to deal with the conflict of having to face the person and say, look, I'm sorry, I'm not going to be able to do this certain thing that I had agreed on. And my brother in this circumstance had actually faced me head on and said, if you keep doing this, people will not want to hang out with you. And for me, that was a huge realization that, wait a second, The reason I was avoiding conflict in the first place was to make people like me, and now it was such a bluntly obvious truism, which was that actually this is a bad strategy. This is literally the complete 180 degree wrong strategy for other people to like me. So that is the first point, is understand why you are avoiding the conflict and really ask yourself the question, okay, in what way is it actually doing the opposite? that. Number two is a quote that I heard from Jordan Peterson and that quote is conflict avoided is conflict multiplied. It's something that anchored so deeply in my mind. It's something that I speak with a lot with my clients and this is the point where actually avoiding conflict is not helpful is because it multiplies. So the conflict you are avoiding today grows over time and therefore the conflict you are going to have to handle tomorrow is actually bigger than the conflict that you would have to handle today. So having to approach somebody and tell them that something challenging is about to happen, you're better off telling them now than waiting an extra week. 
This is to take the example of a client of mine who's actually planning a move abroad and was avoiding telling somebody who's very important in her life currently that she's actually going to be moving. And she was avoiding this because she wanted to avoid this conflict. She knew it was going to bring up a tricky conversation. She knew it was going to be really challenging. She knew it was potentially going to be painful. And therefore, her strategy for the time being was actually, maybe I'll just push it back. Maybe I'll just avoid it altogether. But when we connect with this quote, we understand that actually pushing it back does not make it any easier. Pushing it back only makes it more challenging. Maybe that person all of a sudden realizes, wait a second, you've planned this entire move and you haven't even told me? As compared to telling them months in advance saying, hey, look, I'm thinking about this and this is why. It feels potentially harder in the moment because it's in the moment and you have to actually do it now. But in the long run, it's way easier to do it earlier on. Because when we avoid the conflict, it multiplies, it grows over time. It's like the dust you let settle underneath the carpet, it grows and it grows. It's like those emotions that you are not handling or those thoughts you are ignoring or those feelings or those worries that you're shoving into the closet hoping they'll go away. The truth is they don't go away, they simply get bigger. And it's the exact same thing with conflict. So over time, it only gets bigger and you're better off handling it now. The last point is something that's actually really concrete, something you can really implement, and it's having a lead-up sentence, a specific sentence that you can say that will allow you to engage in confronting the conflict straight up. I call this technique the corner yourself technique. I'm a huge fan of it. It's where you commit to doing something without really mentally being ready for it. And it's often when it comes to things that you know you have to do, but that it's easier to avoid. And so what I mean by this is having a specific sentence that you can say where you open up the doors for engaging in this conflict, even if you don't want to. Even if every cell in your body is begging you to not engage in this conflict, you have a specific sentence that almost comes out on autopilot that you can simply say, then the cat's out of the bag. The conflict is in front of you and you have no choice but to get through it. So for me personally, I love having a sentence such as there's something I need to say or I need to tell you something. And this is something that I actually use a lot with my boyfriend when we're in a situation where maybe there's something that irritated me or upset me or annoyed me. And my natural tendency would be to avoid it, to simply say, oh, forget about it. doesn't matter. It's really not a big deal. There's no point in bringing this up. But I know myself and I know that if I avoid conflict, if I put it aside, it's something that's going to brew inside of me. And I know the dangers of that turning into resentment, frustration, and I know the importance of really honest, open communication within relationships. So I have this sentence, which is, look, I need to tell you something. And so if something's really bothered me and it's in the back of my mind and it's sat there and it's brewing and it's growing and part of me just wants to avoid the conflict altogether, but another part of me knows that I should get it out, I say that sentence. And the second that sentence is said, I mean, there's no turning back, right? The second you've said, look, I really need to tell you something, the other person is obviously going to probe and open up the conversation. They're probably going to turn around and say, whoa, what's going on? And they're going to look at you in the eyes 
and they're going to be all ears, and that's your cue. And even if you change your mind, it's very hard to walk away from that and say, never mind, forget it, right? It's too late. You've said the sentence. So having something like that that you can turn to, that you can really open up the conversation. I was speaking about this with a client of mine who finds herself bottling up her emotions a lot. And there are times in which certain conversations, certain topics bring out a lot of emotion within her and she feels this huge buildup of emotion almost blocking itself in her throat. And so we spoke about this. We spoke about this idea of what about having a sentence that allows her to engage in conversation? It might not feel like conflict, but in a way it is conflict. It's conflict because she's expressing a challenging emotion that's come up within her. And the quote-unquote easier thing to do would be to avoid it altogether, to whack a smile on, change the topic, and pretend everything's okay. But she knows that these kind of things actually have a detrimental impact, not only on her own personal, mental, and emotional health, but on the relationships she's in. So we spoke about having the sentence that she can just say to open up the conversation. So we spoke about the sentence, you know, I need to tell you something, or I need to get something off my chest, or there's something that's lodged in my throat right now, I need to tell you. And the second you open that up, the other person is going to turn around. They're going to look at you and be like, whoa, okay, what's going on? They're going to be all ears. And all of a sudden you have this platform. You have this open door. And this conflict that you might have otherwise avoided is actually out in front of you. And you're so much better off taking it now, entering it now, and crossing it now. Because pushing it for the future will only make it bigger, it will only make it more challenging, and it will only make it worse. So that is it for today's little mini episode on this topic of avoiding conflict. I hope that it was interesting. I'd love to know what of these three elements spoke to you the most. As a little takeaway, a little actionable step for you to engage in, I recommend the following steps. If you are somebody who tends to avoid conflict a lot, the first one would be, once again, to ask yourself, why? Why are you avoiding the conflict? And is avoiding conflict actually the best strategy for you to achieve the reason why you're avoiding it in the first place? Number two is to connect with the sentence, perhaps write it down, ask yourself what comes up when I say conflict avoided is conflict multiplied. And maybe to even think about an example where a conflict that was avoided actually ended up growing over time. So really think about that. Ask yourself when is a time in which an avoided conflict actually simply multiplied. And the third point is to create a lead-up sentence for yourself, no matter what that might be. As I said in my personal example, it's there's something I need to tell you, but there might be another sentence that speaks to you more. But having some kind of lead-up sentence that opens up, that is almost the little nudge in the butt to throw yourself into the water, and once you're there, then that's your opportunity to swim. As you guys know, these are the kinds of topics that I work on with my clients. I help my clients move from a position of self-sabotage to a position of self-mastery where they're able to understand their tendencies, work with their tendencies, and actually create change in a way that is seamless, that is smooth, that works with them, and that allows them to feel more aligned with themselves. If 
this is something that you are looking for, if you are in certain habits that are self-sabotaging, that are not helping your life, your relationships, your health, your mental well-being, then reach out. I'm taking only two more one-on-one clients this summer. So reach out to me. Let's have a chat. Let's talk about where you're at, where you want to go, and let's start this journey together. All the details for that will be in the show notes below. I also have a retreat that I'm co-hosting at the end of September in Portugal. So if you are keen on bringing your health to a completely new level, this retreat is going to be an all-encompassing one-week level-up experience where you will be leveling up your health through movement, through your meals with a certified holistic nutritionist, and leveling up your mindset with me as well. Details for that will also be in the show notes below. And in the meantime, guys, I'll see you next week for a brand new episode.